Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy. And welcome to Star Wars Sessions, the show where Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars is the subject. And joining me again, as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. And I'm not sure if you guys know that, all my co-hosts, but Count Dooku's having a bit of a renaissance. So here's the man himself, he hasn't heard this before, it's Darth Blyrannus. Oh, oh, you naughty boy. (laughs) Another one, spicy. (laughs) Another Bly pun to the catalogue. How are you, mate? You all right? Very well. Lovely time in the sun with my family back home in Woking. So yeah, really nice. Pumped up for tonight's show, but you're a busy boy this weekend. Yeah, I was pretty busy, man. Like we we got we got to do a few bits. Uh, we went to a classic car show, which was nice. Uh, had a roast dinner around a friend's house, yes. which was amazing. Uh, we went down to Southend on Sea, you know, on account of it being such nice weather. And we actually saw the new Aladdin together, which I thought was pretty pucker. I enjoyed the new Aladdin. Pucker is a proper Essex word. Now the car show, love me a car show. The roast dinner. It looked spectacular. If anyone hasn't seen it, if anyone who happens to follow Luke on socials, it may still be up with a delightful looking roast dinner. But yeah, the Aladdin, mm. Aladdin I thought was it was better than I thought it was going to be, given that I wasn't at all excited for it, given the marketing. But it ended up being quite good. Yeah, yeah, I, t- I couldn't agree more. I thought it was brilliant. Will Smith really stole the show. Yeah, he was good. Um, and the carpet as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the carpet. But it, it was a fantastic weekend, mate. And the weather oh, at the moment in England is so warm. Like Literally, was it was it last week's show or the week before where we were like, oh, it's raining. It's yeah. like, you know, here. Right? And literally now it's like so humid and hot. It's crazy. But other than all that, I'll tell you what, Matt. You know what I'm ready for? Um, You've had roast dinner, so go on. Mate, I'm ready to shoot the galactic breeze. Sounds good to me. Let's talk some Star Wars. What's the word from the cantina? Blyden Versio, what's been happening in the galaxy? So, okay, the, our first bit of news comes from the one, the only, the, the only Luke Skywalker, really in our eyes, Mark Hamill. Basically, Mark Hamill confirmed in an interview, I think it was for um, an upcoming film, uh, Child's Play, right? That's the right, yep. one? Right, I, I think it was at a premiere or something like that. And and someone asked him um, about his his appearance in, in uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. And basically, long story short, Mark Hamill confirmed that he's going to be in it as a Force ghost, okay? Mm-hmm. And... They asked him, you know, would you like to reprise this role again? And and basically, Mark Hamill said, um, I hope not. I hope this is it. <laughs> so, yeah. Great. <laughs> and I think we have, like, a few, like, different opinions on that. Because, again, Mark is is he's a lovely guy. Really nice guy. But, but yeah, he, he's, he is complicated and, and can definitely be seen as complicated from uh, an outsider's perspective perspective even as a star wars fan yeah right yeah. but we we got we actually got a voicemail about this from the amazing don okay so we're gonna hear the voicemail as well because he basically asked a question that we were gonna answer anyway and we were gonna talk about anyway and we thought it's so fitting 
that it deserves a cheeky little play in our new segment. So, Matt, can you do the honours, mate? Punch it. Hey, what's going on, guys? Don here. Um, <clears throat> just wanted to coming up here on the uh, Mark Hamill said about um, the possibility of you know with uh, Luke being the Force Ghost and kind of his comments and what he's been saying recently. Um, <clears throat> just want to say you guys are doing phenomenal. I love your show. Um, keep up the great work. Um, but more importantly, um, to the this for the subject here, I mean that's fine. Um, I do think in a way he's kind of talking a little too much about certain things. I just he comes off very uh, bitter about everything. Um, just you know disregarding everything, and it just really kind of rubs me the wrong way because I really just like it's like I understand he's a very talented actor and performer, but. You know, in this situation here, you're not a writer, you're an actor, you know, be professional. And I don't think it's very professional to be that sort of way. I think if you're working for somebody, no matter who they are and what position you are, you should always present yourself and even to your public with, you know, professionalism and don't have this bitter, almost childlike, uh, you know, kind of um, personality to the matter, almost like, you know, a scalded child. And... um and I can't, and he's not that. It's just, it's just really kind of, you know, unfortunate that he's acting this way in certain things. And you look at Harrison Ford, a person that, uh, you know, doesn't really have a great love for Star Wars or anything, but any time that he comes along to do any kind of publicity, he is, you know, phenomenal. He's, he doesn't uh, come off hard the wrong way. He's not uh, rude to anybody. And, you know, and it's just basically Mark Hamill is just, you know, Eeyore in this matter of, you know, I guess I got to be here and, you know, oh, I hate this and oh, I hate that. And it's just, you know, if you don't want to come back, fine. Like, you know, maybe in your attitude changes after a while, he can come back and do something. But if he doesn't, hey, fine, no problem. We're doing other stuff now anyway. So thanks for your job. And, you know, here's your money. See you later. So I really hope his attitude changes about certain things recently. And maybe he'll kind of see the light maybe within certain years of, how maybe good the actual, I, my opinion, The Last Jedi is and everything. So, um, the, in my opinion, I love Mark Hamill. He's a great guy and a great, um, talented actor. But it's just, it just, eh, everyone sometimes gets into a funk and has a little bit of a, you know, a bad way. So maybe, you know, he'll get out of this little slump and maybe he'll, uh, his attitude will improve. All right, guys. Well, uh, take care and, uh, thank you so much, um, for, being on the show here and um you know doing your thing and i really appreciate it you guys are excellent thanks fantastic thank you so much sending in the voicemail don you're an absolute legend keep them coming mate Lad. so yeah don don basically um uh reaffirms the point that mark hamill he's he's a great guy and he's a talented actor and we we all know that mm-hmm. right we, we, yeah, we're yeah. star wars fans we're we, he's, he's he's up the there man. with the best of the best um but and and Don's right. It's fine for Mark to have any opinion. He can, he can have the opinion that Star Wars is rubbish, right? Um, <laughs> it's Luke Skywalker. Yeah, Mark Hamill does have. I love the point that he says talking too much about certain things, right? Because that's spot on. Mark Hamill doesn't have a filter. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't, doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't know when to stop. And I I know that. I've seen him live at Star Wars Celebration in London. I saw him at his panel. 
and even the way he chatted there and stuff. You know, the dude, does, like, I don't think he plans specifically what he's going to say word for word. He just comes out, blurts it out. Yeah. He might know what points to hit and stuff, but he's like that. He can naturally just, just chat. He's got the gift of the gap, and people love him for it, um, and I love him for it. And, and it's just maybe sometimes what comes across as his honesty can come across as negative or be interpreted as negative. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what kind of some people are taking away from this interview at the, at the child's play um, premiere or, or whatever it was. And I kind of don't blame him, you know, I kind of don't blame him because the way he did say, you know, I'm not going to, uh, no, I don't want to reprise the role as Luke Skywalker because yeah, I had closure in episode eight and mm -hmm. stuff and whatever. Uh, and because of some sort of mythology in star Wars, they, they decided to bring me back into the <laughs> force ghost, right? <laughs> Which gives away the fact he's going to yeah. be a force ghost in episode nine. We knew that anyway. We knew that anyway. His voice was in the trailer. For yes, exactly. Nine, right? for the we, we knew that anyway. That's not news. That's not news. <laughs> but I, I do feel like sometimes his mannerisms and the way he does speak can be very easily misread. And what I do understand is that with, with, a, with a, a legend like this, who's in the spotlight so much, especially with the film coming out, you know, uh, the, the ninth installment of, of a saga that's been told over, you know, 40 plus years, you know, maybe you do need to be a bit more sensitive with what you can say and how you say it right yeah but but sadly you know mark hamill's even said this himself <laughs> what are you gonna do you what you're gonna you're fire, fire him <laughs> yeah. no, of course you're not you're not are you you can't he's, he's done he's done his scenes now point? what's the point yeah it's all done and dusted it's all done and dusted now we all know from the way he talks and if you see him in a lots many 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 interviews and stuff you can tell he's a positive guy he's a nice guy is he disappointed that, that, you know, Luke didn't have a large role or, you know, even the, 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 the original cast in general didn't have a larger role? Yeah, he is disappointed. Yeah. And I, again, I understand it. Do, would I, do, do I think that would have served as a better story? I don't think so. And, and that's just from a practical perspective. You, you can't have Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher running around on an adventure just on their own. <laughs> it's got to appeal to different markets. It's got to appeal to different generations. It's And it, it's got to be practical. You know? It's got to be good. It's got to be good. And I'm sure, I'm sure, listen here, I reckon if it was just the original cast, they could have made a fantastic film out of it. You know, and there could have been decisions that were different, even with The Last Jedi, but that's not what happened. So we take what's happened and we we, we interpret it however you want to, right? It, and I think The Last Jedi was good. I don't think it was perfect, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things I really dislike about The Last Jedi, but there's a lot of things in it that I think are brilliant. And one of those is, especially in the last half an hour, the handling and, and the writing behind Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And watch this space. In episode nine, I, I don't think – I personally don't feel Luke's going to be in it for like a few seconds. I think we're going to get a bit more than like a few minutes' worth of footage from, from old Mark Hamill in The Rise of Skywalker. So, well, I mean, what's your opinion? Am I being 
you know, too harsh, um, too literal. I don't think so, no. I mean, I, I love the fact that he just came out and said, you know, George Lucas, God damn him, he came out with this whole thing where they had to force Ghost around and that, oh, I had to come back and oh, I had to pick up this big old fat paycheck to come back and, oh, woe mm. betide me. But um, I, I, I watched the interview probably like everyone listening did and there was almost, there seemed to be like a sense of jest to how he was saying it. But mm. going by what he said previously... You know, sometimes the jo- he is the Joker after all. Sometimes people can hide true feelings behind a layer of sort of jest and humour. I still, I, I, it, we've spoken about this at length. I still think he is disappointed at how the character of Luke Skywalker was portrayed as going from like the swashbuckling hero to a bit part in a, in the sky in his own Skywalker saga, pretty much. But like you said, the way they handled him in the Last Jedi, especially towards the end was magnificent writing and uh, and Mark Hamill's performance is the best he's ever given. It, yeah, he was phenomenal. superb in that and yeah. I can see why it would rub Don up the wrong way because it does come across as a bit bitter. Now I'm not going to sit here and say yes Mark Hamill is entirely bitter and he hates everything to do with Star Wars because he may not be. He may just be you know disappointed a bit like Tim Rose but you know with a bit more right to be disappointed. Um but yeah, he, as Don says, he's an actor. He's not the writer. As Mark Hamill's also come out and said, he's, he isn't a writer. So some of the ideas he's come up with have been poor. But you know, there is a professionalism to to uphold, or at least wait until the film has come out and and kind of some of the dust has settled before we come out and say, look, I didn't like how I was handled. I was kind of hoping not to be in nine because I, it, uh, you know, I'd done my part. But they brought me back. Maybe wait till the film's out mm. and the dust has settled somewhat. But I can see, I can see why I'd rub people up the wrong way. And it, I, I said it before. I don't want to believe that Mark is, it has anything bad to say about the franchise because I love Mark. Mark is Mark seems like the He's most a showman. Yeah, he is, and He's he seems like such a nice guy. The way he does the charitable work he does for people, for for kids and adults alike, and just the way he gives his time and love to people seems so genuine. So the idea of him firstly being hurt or disappointed is is upsetting, but for it to be about something like Star Wars and ooh, it doesn't bear thinking. So I hope that he's just kind of going through a you know a bit of a down phase and that. And obviously, child's play isn't isn't just a take on Mark Hamill's being a bit childish. That is the name of a film. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we like, like Don said, Harrison Ford. You know, he has his way, isn't he? He has his gruff way of dealing with it, which is slightly different. And the thing is, Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill—they're very different people. Yes. Harrison Ford is a lot more reserved. He he says kind of like what needs to be said, and he kind of goes home and does his thing. Right. Mark Hamill's not like that. He's a showman. He will come out and will express his feelings. He can be sarcastic. He can be funny. <laughs> he can wind up people. You know, we oh, don't yeah. know. And and also, you know, to be frank, people have bad days too. Yeah, exactly. Right? Some, some people, you know, they might be angry about X, Y, Z on that day and that's it. They're in, they're in that state of mind. People might even have bad weeks, bad months, bad years. You know, yeah. it happens. It happens. So... I don't think anyone should take this to heart as to a reflection of Mark's performance in episode nine. I think that's daft, especially because the simple fact is we ain't seen it. We exactly. Seen it I'm sure Mark right. hasn't even seen it yet. Well, of course he hasn't. It's not, it's the, it's, they're in post-production now, so nobody's yeah. seen it. And and I, I think just like my kind of like concluding thought on this from a, from a brilliant voicemail, but also, you know, a juicy bit of news is – 
you know, the prequel trilogy. Who was the main character in that? Because it weren't Luke. No, yeah, it was Anakin. It was it, it was Anakin, right? In the original trilogy, it, it it was Luke, right? But we didn't know, of course, because of the way the films were were created, Anakin wasn't the main character of of the original trilogy. It was Luke, mm-hmm. right? But you don't you don't complain that oh, Anakin should have continued to be about no because that's that's not how storytelling works. Yeah, yeah. It's about generations and how generations fit into each other and hand over traditions, hand over teachings, right? And I think The Last Jedi did that in actually quite a lovely way and a new and original way. Same with The Force Awakens, and I'm sure we'll, we'll have that continued in The Rise of Skywalker. And I don't know, to expect something different of the next trilogy, I don't buy it. It's just, it's unusual. Again, I get why you'd be disappointed. I understand that. Of course, this story is going to be a mix of the old handing o- uh, over things to the new, teaching things to the new, right? Yeah. But of course, the, 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 the main characters in this trilogy, and I say characters, is Ray and Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. They're the main characters of this trilogy. And yeah, let, let, let's see what happens in, a, in episode nine and a build up to episode nine. But. I think I think we really need to take this with a grain of salt, personally. Yeah, and remember also, Mark Hamill was on the red carpet. He's the voice of Chucky in Child's Play. This is he's like this is him taking on this iconic horror icon, if you will. Um, he's there to talk about Chucky. Obviously, he's always going to be asked about Star Wars, but he's there to promote this film, and he probably wanted to talk about you know playing the good guy doll, playing yeah, playing yeah. Chucky. So I was going to say maybe maybe he should expect to questions about Luke's, uh, Luke Skywalker or Star Wars, but maybe he just didn't want to. Maybe he kind of, maybe he just didn't want yeah. to take the take the uh, attention away from the film he was actually there to promote, which in one, which is which is good for him to do that. And yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of taking a pinch of salt. It might have been that he is either just bored of asking it, or he just didn't want to answer the question because he was on mm. a child's play promote promo, or he just just being honest. And or maybe yeah. well maybe it was just a big joke and we're and we're being trolled. But um, I also want to shout out to for Don for the kind words about the show. It's for it's for people like you and all the rest of the listeners who make the show as good as it is. Uh, and of course, Master Blywalker. So uh, thank you for the kind words, mate. Oh, for sure, for sure. Thank you so much, Don. You're 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 a really kind kind guy. And and to hear the support from you guys in 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 like oh, I was going to say real life, but when you send <laughs> when you send over voicemails and we hear your voices, we hear your excitement, and we hear your enthusiasm about our weekly show. I mean, honestly, it makes our day. It really makes our day. So thank you so much, guys. You you guys are the best fans in the world and the galaxy. So. And the galaxy. Uh, should we move on to the next item, or did you want to Let's close up on Mark? No, no, no. I'm, I, I think I'm good on that one. I think I'm good because again, it's all it's all very emotional. It's an emotional response, and it's easy to emotionally respond to that. So I think, you know, I think we've put that to to, to rest a little bit personally. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm content with that. You content with that? I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think we've covered all the bases. Anybody out there, if you agree or disagree, let us know. That's what we're here for. Good man, good man. Well, let's move on to something which may or may not be true, because depending on who you believe, it's not true, uh, and other people would like, like it to be true. Supreme Leader Snoke. Was he Invader Immortal, the virtual reality game? Maybe. he Maybe he wasn't. Now, the people behind the game have come out and said the character is called the Black Bishop. He's totally new to the game. It isn't Snoke. 
despite the fact that it sounds an awful lot like Supreme Leader Snoke. Um, now, th- <laughs> this sounds like something a lot of people should have been discussing more, I think. Yes, it is spe- pure speculation, because as far as I'm aware, we don't really see the character, whoever this Black Bishop slash Snoke is. We can't really see him. But the the mystery person sure sounds an awful lot like our glorious Supreme Leader. He sounds an awful lot like him. Now, I mean, before this Black Bishop, we know it's not Lord Momin from the Vader character, uh, Vader comic, sorry, this ancient Sith, because Vader slaughtered him before this. It's not Van A, that kind of weaselly bloke from Rogue One. Lord Vader, Director Krennic is here. Um, that kind of fry tuck looking guy. It's not him. Uh, but it could, but like I said, it could just be anybody new and irrelevant. But we know that Snokey witnessed the rise and fall of the Empire and that he had a kind of relationship with Vader or and or Palpatine. That's been established in canon. Um, so for me, I love the connectivity of canon. I would actually love for this to be Snoke. Do you know why? Because there's not a reason why it can't be. It's he knew of Vader's yeah. weakness at the end because he mentioned it in one of the novels, which is canon. The, the compassion he showed at the end when he turned, and in, in in this particular scene, Vader's mourning for Padme, which is more reason for Snoke to know of his weakness. And it also provides for me something which is the best part of all. It's inoffensive in, in the way it could tie things together. You know, oh, what happened? Oh, you know, our, our boy Snoke had a chat with Vader at his Mustafar Castle in a, a virtual reality game. Awesome. Does it retcon mm. anything? Nope. Does it change history? No. Oh, good. So we can put it in, and nobody can say it's been thrown in there, and it's changing everything, changing an established story. It's just a That's moment true. in time. So why couldn't it be? And given that the rise of Skywalker is fast approaching, maybe it is time to start sowing some Snoky seeds. So for me, whilst the creators may have come out and said, "No, it's not him." It sounds an awful lot like him, and even the words he uses, the, um, some of the terminology, something like. Um, yeah. It's so yeah, it's similar, man. Sounds exactly it's so like similar. Vengeance is within your grasp, and all these kind of grandiose statements. So for me, I love it to I, be I, him. I think I, I think I just I'm not sure if I heard you right. Did you say the creators come out and said it's not him? Uh, I believe that the creators have come out. Uh, ILM X Lab have um, they've clarified that it's not Snoke and it's an an original character named the Black Bishop, which and a Black Bishop is a person who's been mentioned before, but again. The Black Bishop is not called Snoke. Doesn't mean he isn't Snoke. It's it sounds so like him though, so like him. I mean, the only thing that I when I saw and I, you know, Matt, is there any way we can just like insert like an audio or anything like that? If whatever you want, I'm gonna do within reason because Mate, you're a top man. So let's yeah, do it. we'll let's sort that. Let's do that. it. Let's do it. Go. So let's this is it. this is the this is a little clip of the cutscene. There's no spoilers because it's out there for you now. Yeah, if you've not heard this, honestly, listen to this and tell me this isn't a dude. At least like it sounds like yeah, Snoke. It's about right, 30 seconds, so uh, here we go. Here it is. And you believe the final component of the Eon engine is within your grasp? I have no doubt. You found a descendant of Lady Kovax then. One of the last it would seem. Unlike the others, this one activated the artifact. With the candidate's help, you will be able to unlock Lady Korvax's sanctum. You will gain mastery over death itself. What you seek is finally within your grasp. Leave me now. So there it is. Um, so Luke, yeah, I've given what I think. You've heard it again. 
What do you think? It sounds just like snow. <laughs> it doesn't how, can you, how can you? I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think and process it and stuff because I've been thinking about it. And I like it when you I think. like you've said. I don't see why not. It makes sense. Things tie up. The oh, my only comment is, and, and this is where listeners, if you've if if that was your first time listening to it, go watch the video. Go watch like a playthrough or something like that of it and this scene because. My only comment is that the person in it, you don't really get a really good visual yeah, of, yeah. of the person, right? And also, when even even when you do, they don't look like the kind of height Snoke is. Would you agree with that, Matt? That, I mean, the dude looks like he's like six three, six four, but Snoke's like... Head, yeah. I think he's about right? seven or eight feet, I think, isn't he? What, Snoke? I think so, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we could just blame the perspective of the angle perspective. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe again, maybe it's planting the seeds because what we got to remember: the rise of Skywalker's finished. Yeah. The story, the writing, the ending—it's all there. We've just not seen it yet. They're just—they're just brushing it up, tying yeah. up the loose ends and whatnot, right? But the story's there. And if you guys think that the Lucasfilm story group don't know what the gist of that story is. You are mistaken, oh, of course. right? Because they know what it is. Because now they got to make all this other material that leads up to the rise of Skywalker. They got to start planting seeds, like you the said. Breadcrumbs, yep. Exactly, and this has been in development for a while, just like the rise of Skywalker. The the gist or the the rough plot of the story has been confirmed and done for a while. So there's no reason why this can't be snow. Now, could it be that that? He's he's again. Some people have mentioned this. Some of our own listeners have sent in voicemails and messages about this. Could it be Snoke is going, you know, like from person to person, from soul to soul? Maybe mm. we soul don't know. Maybe he's using using the force. <laughs> I know. Back to um, life. Yeah. Plug plug. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. It could be. It could, it be, could be. It could be his brother got... Scott Snoke. Sounds like him. Yeah, it could be. Could be what could, could be one of his kind. Yeah, maybe the Snoke, maybe they are the Snoke. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. From the planet of Snoke. Snokey, yeah. Yeah, Snokey. Hmm, they could uh, be. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I there's, know. there's it, no reason it, it, why it can't be, but if it isn't, I'm not going to be upset, but I'd like it to be. Me too, me too. Uh, what I just can't get my head around, Matt, is if you, if you were making this game yeah. and you were like, right, there's this Black Bishop guy, um... How's it gonna how's it gonna sound, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff knows I don't know, like, you know, an evil like guy, Andy you know, a bit like that Andy Circus geezer who <laughs> yeah. does all those voices and stuff like that. Nobody all will right. say anything. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a quality idea, Jeff. Yeah, let's do it. Can you um can you do an impression? Well, yeah, he just sounds you know, like blah, 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 blah. Oh no. Are you telling me <laughs> no one in that room would have gone, actually that sounds a bit too much like Snoke? Yeah, put and it back gone, a second, Jeff. Just, yeah, let, let's let's change it a little bit. <laughs> Star Wars fans right. are known for being rational and understanding, but you know, come on, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, sort it out. This is a re- <laughs> this is a joke. Put the kettle know, on, mate, and rethink your decision. It's too similar. It's too similar for it to, to be just a coincidence and, and an over. Because it's not even like, you know, you could understand like, other mistakes in canon, couldn't <laughs> yeah. you? Like, no, no. It's not it's, even subtle. It's a character from two of the saga films. That's not a mistake. No. It can't be. It cannot be. And it's a character that 
we haven't really got an awful lot of backstory for, so why not start planting those seeds? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm in total agreement, yeah. total agreement, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, our boy Snoke, he's a popular geezer, isn't he? Oh, and there's Snoke. tons of theories about him. I want to find out he... more about him. Uh, me too. And actually, I tell you what, Matt, we're going to be able to find out a little bit more about Snoke in, in a little bit extra snoky dokey news <laughs> um we are getting a comic about the supreme leader himself yes. and he's going to have a bit more of a backstory um um given to him that's what that's what we're being told um and i believe from from what we know so far and what, what's been reported on um it, it's going to talk about how snoke maybe influenced ben solo nice. when he was younger and stuff right so yeah that's 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 cool cool things to, to look forward to and again this is part of the uh, marvel's age of resistance uh comic book line that they're doing kind of in the lead up to the rise of skywalker um so you never know we might find something out in there and i'd be super interested to see like i i know they've kind of hinted at the fact that it's going to be when kylo's a youngster or ben's mm-hmm. a youngster um but the time period you know will the comics start you know, during the Empire and kind of like end towards, you know, episode seven. That would be really cool. It's, it's a lot to into one comic. But, and I think it is just one. I don't think it's just a yeah, series. Yeah, these are, these are one-shot comics. So they're, very, they're short little snippet stories about individual characters. They did, they did it for the Age of Republic and the Age of the Rebellion as well. Well, listen, as long as it's as good as that comic book we got that explained why 3PO had a red arm. <laughs> I didn't recognise him until they, re- until they explained it. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> we probably, yeah, yeah. And then they changed it back. I know. And as a lot of people enjoyed your dismissal of the Chewbacca comics, so hopefully it's better than that. Oh, <laughs> those comics. I don't want to be remembered of the weird Astro Boy Chewbacca crossover That's, that's your comics. legacy at the minute. I have those comics as well. <laughs> See? Actually, on I his wall. In the, in the room that I am recording in, they are here somewhere. <laughs> He's actually reading them right now. Yeah, yeah. Forget the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Forget that pod. We want Astro let Boy me, and Chewy. Astro Boy Chewy, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Beautiful collaboration. Rather you there. than me on that. This one shot, I love these little one shots because I had some, they had one for Grievous and all those other characters, but it was like, again, a little cool bit of backstory for characters like Grievous who have so far kind of been entirely overlooked uh, in canon so now we've got a little bit of backstory in Grievous but this one sounds awesome it's a start but they're going to talk about the start of Kylo's training as a as Snoke's apprentice and I love the kind of synopsis slash tagline uh, supreme leader Snoke's brutal training of Blylo Ren begins will the yep. sadistic Snoke sadistic Snoke break his tormented protege or has he underestimated the son of Han and Leia? So we're going to start to see um, whatever Snoke has in store for the training of Ben. Because by the time the Force Awakens rolls around, he still isn't fully dark side. He's still tormented and conflicted. So whatever Snoke's doing isn't break- breaking him or working. Um, so I'm so excited to see what kind of you know trials he has for Ben. And I'm guessing this is yeah, just as Ben has been lured to this down this path by Snoke but it's not going to be a particularly long comic but I love these ones which gives you just a little bit of backstory maybe there'll be like a couple of you know groundbreaking revelations but even if it's not I'm just so glad that they're starting to chip away now at first who just who the heck is Snoke and also how and why did Ben 
you know, because, how did he become Kylo Ren? Why did he go down this path? I'm so glad that we're going to start seeing some more of that because I mentioned before, Adam Driver, Adam Driver's a top man. He's a wonderful actor who doesn't want to do Star Wars forever. He's, he's the kind of guy who, he's so keen on his craft that he wants to do as much as he can. We're not going to get any more Adam Driver after the rise of Blywalker. So we're going to find out more about Blylo Ren in comics and in novels and maybe an animated series. So I'm glad that they're starting mm. now because there's so much to dive into with both of those, but especially Kylo Ren. But let's find out where Snoke came from. So I'm I'm all up for some of this. Oh, me too, man. Me too. Oh, I can't wait. And do you know what? I've not looked forward to, to like a, a couple of comics this like this much in a while i'm I'm definitely going to go to the local comic book store and pick these up for sure i I absolutely agree i'm just first one is the finn comic and that comes out in july so which is next week yeah yeah it's going to be all good fun so give it give it about a month and we'll be talking that snoky comic on here we'll be having jokes with snoke something else which was slightly jokes was um star wars fanatics (laughs) out there a bit like us but we weren't uh, they were they were confused and up in arms because uh, Daisy Ridley, you know Daisy Ridley, she started she was starring in a low budget indie horror called Scraw. Um, so as some as some or all or none of you know, I run a movie review site called What I Watch Tonight uh, and get a Rotten Tomatoes certified film critic because of that. Uh, thus, because of that, I get I get a lot of screeners and review requests sent to me from studios that you may have heard of. And also smaller independent outfits. And I received one last week in my inbox. It went, ding, screener request, scrawl, starring Daisy Ridley. So, of course, I thought, hello, hello there, what's this? Mm. So it piqued my interest. And I thought, what the, what the hell's this? So I reply back, oh, please send me across the link. I'd love to uh, watch this and review it and whatnot. Uh, then I saw the next day that word had got out about this film. And fans were going mad that Daisy Ridley would star in such a low-budget gore fest. You know, given her now international fame, people couldn't believe she'd apparently, you know, lower herself, which is slightly disrespectful to the filmmakers. Um, but the film herself was completed in 2015 before The Force Awakens. And this is the last thing that Daisy did before that film. Um, the film's extremely low budget. It's directed by a dude called Peter Hearn. Shout out Peter Hearn. And Daisy Ridley stars basically as a version of death. It was fun to see her in something different other than uh, the recent released Ophelia and Murder on the Orient Express. The film itself is... It's not very good, to be honest, at all. But it's <laughs> really not that great. It might grab some cult status because Daisy Ridley's in it, which is going to be great for the filmmaker. And nobody sets out to make a bad film. And you do the best of what you can. So, And certain parts of Scrawl uh, are pretty cool. And Daisy Ridley is pretty cool. There's a couple of moments in it where I did watch her acting and I did think, ugh. But um, she is the best part of the film. There's no bias. She generally is... And this actually got me thinking, what if? Do you know what I mean? What if, what if Daisy didn't get part of Ray? This would probably have been her, possibly, could have been her career trajectory, looking at these kind of films. And I've looked at all the other cast members, and pretty much all of their careers have stalled or ended since this Scrawl yeah. film four years ago. There's no acting credits for 99% of them. It's so, it's so funny to see Daisy Ridley in this, but I did, I did do, I watched the trailer. I don't watch horror films or anything mm-hmm. like that. They're not my bag at all. Um, but I watched a trailer to this and I was repulsed within like a few seconds and (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And, um, the acting was horrid. The, the, the editing was horrid. I, it looked naff. And I was like, how can this be like Daisy Ridley's like a Hollywood superstar. Like she would be recognized by most 
of like if she were to walk down like London or New York or Beijing or, or something like that, she's gonna probably or Brentwood, yeah, or wherever, she's probably gonna get recognised, right? Yeah. Of course. But how did she get into this? So so anyway, I did just a little research on it. It turns out, I think the film was actually made in 2015. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It is before The Force Awakens came out. Face it, or Force Awakens. And they've yeah. just decided to make it now. They've decided to release it, it now. now, pretty much. Yeah, I'm, uh, you, you, we all know why. And again, I'm not going to begrudge the filmmaker his chance to make some money off the product because lots of films do yeah, this. Yeah, A lot, a lot of yeah. films do this when they have like a big actor... They who's been in one of their independent films before getting big, a uh, said actor then gets big, and then they decide to get some sort of um, distribution rights for the film because they can kind of sell it off the back of the film. Maybe cut, maybe make a few more films afterwards with a bigger budget because of the money. So nothing against Peter Hearn for doing that, but yeah, this film wasn't great. But it's like, like from a movie like Scrawl to Star Wars to Force Awakens, it just shows how quickly life can change in an instant. Mad. Because she gets that phone call from J.J. Abrams. Everything changes now, you know, which is not in these kind of films anymore. Like again, absolutely no disrespect because I'm a champion of indie films. But, you know, there's chalk and cheese when you compare the two. And it's so funny. The other day as well, I decided to look up some other stuff Daisy was in. And she was actually in a music, a Wiley music yeah. video. Did you know that? I did. I like, watched so, it. Yeah, it's so funny. And she acts like a little hood rat in it and it's stuff. Mad, so for, it? those, for those of you who don't know, especially probably our, a, a few of our... Um, non-British listeners. Um, in the UK, um, there, there's a type of urban music called grime, and it's and it's a r- basically rap music. It comes from, like, the, the uh, East London, and it's it's basically rapping, right, over over these, like, quick beats and stuff. And it's, it's, you know, there's some quality grime albums out there. And Wiley is a rapper from the UK who's seen as one of the godfathers of grime. And in one of his music videos from a few years back, there is a young Daisy Ridley in the music video, just talking like she's some hood rat on a council <laughs> yeah. estate, you know, and has this like rough boyfriend and stuff like that. And it's just, it's really surreal watching it. It's so like, jarring wow. now, isn't it? Especially when you know Daisy and you see her in these interviews now, because she's so well-spoken. Oh, yes. She's, she's presented proper... so well. She's an English rose. And then you get to see her like in these kind of films. Yeah, it's crazy, really crazy. But there you go. There's our Daisy classic. Yep, I I love Daisy Ridley and Ray. But to to yeah, what, you know, Peter Hearn, no disrespect to the film and the craft that went to it. It's just very odd, obviously, seeing Daisy Ridley in it compared to where she has gone since then. So all the best for whatever you do next, Peter, and the cast of Scrawl. Yeah, absolutely. So next up, we have, I think, probably it would be fair to say one of the biggest news stories in really Lucasfilm and Star Wars because it affects Star Wars massively. Yeah. But when it when it comes to Lucasfilm and Star Wars as a business, I think this is probably one of the biggest bits of news we've had in a while. Yeah. And it's the news that basically Kathleen Kennedy has has uh, promoted um, a Lucasfilm employee called Michelle Rejwan. And she's been promoted into a position where she is overseeing all film and TV, live action film, live action TV in the Star Wars universe. Massive Her job. Senior Vice President, Live Action Development and Production. That, that's her official title. Michelle Rejwan. 
Yeah, I, that is a fat-off business card. But first and <laughs> foremost, first and foremost, Michelle Rochelle, welcome to the big, big, big bosses at Lucasfilm. Because Michelle has actually been at Lucasfilm for a little bit, and she's worked on Star Wars for a few years. Yep. Um, and she's kind of been in the background, but people just haven't seen her name, really, until the last week or so. And people have been going crazy about it. And there are varying different opinions on it. Mm. So first and foremost, um, we, we got a brilliant, again, a very apt um, voice message sent into us by our favorite Italian in the whole world, <laughs> Andy Monza, has sent in a voicemail. Let's hear him, and then we'll come back to this story in a second. Shoot. Well, hello there, guys. This is again uh, Andrea from Italy. And this time I would like to talk about a news, a breaking news uh, in the last days for the Star Wars universe. And it's about Michelle Rejwan, uh, appointed as Senior VP Live Action Development and Production at Lucasfilm, which basically is a very long way to say that she's the new Kevin Feige of the Star Wars universe. So uh, what do you guys think about this? I mean, it's very exciting news, first of all. And uh, I think... Uh, it's a very clever move from uh, from Lucasfilm at this point because the Star Wars universe is expanding at an incredible speed. We have the new trilogy in the works. We have two live-action TV series. So probably it is really the right time to have someone uh, taking control of the, of the overall creativity, make sure that everything is connected and makes sense. So I think... Uh, under this point of view, it's it's a very clever move. Uh, on the other hand, there has already been some backlash from the Star Wars community. Uh, basically, what they're saying is she's not experienced enough. Mm, as a matter of fact, she acted so far as co-producer on some of J.J. Abrams' uh, movies. Um, and uh, The Rise of Skywalker will be the first movie where she acted as a standalone uh, producer. So there may be some truth to that, but we also have to consider that Kathleen Kennedy endorsed her uh, in, a, in a recent statement by saying that uh, she really proved herself uh, during the production of The Rise of Skywalker, and this is the main reason why they are uh, appointing her with this very, very important title and, uh, and job. So what do you guys think uh, about the impact this will have on... Uh, current productions, uh, including The Mandalorian, because I think uh, this new role will, will have some impact on everything that actually is going on in the Star Wars universe, and we may see the effects of this very, very soon in time. So what do you guys think about all of this? And once again, thank you for the show, and may the Force be with you. What a voice. What a voice, what a voice. Honestly, Andy, thank you so much for interacting with the show and sending in another voice message, mate. You're an absolute king, and you're definitely our leading Italian Star Wars session <laughs> you listener. Are. So you're an absolute legend. Um, okay, so so we, we, we know that Michelle has been, has been um, promoted into this position. So just some background info on, on Michelle. Um, Matt, I don't know how much you know about her you've probably read in read up about her as well because i had to 
because I'd never heard of ours. I, like, I know as much as you do and the stories around it do. Uh, so I didn't know of Michelle Rejwan before before this came out. So I was as in the dark as you guys were. Yeah, and so basically she'd worked on a few Star Wars films. She's had a lot to do with The Rise of Skywalker. She's worked, uh, she's worked with J.J. Uh, Abrams on many films, including uh, Super 8, I believe. Yep. Um, the Star Trek films, The Force Awakens um and and lots of other stuff and she landed a job at uh, lucasfilm um but i i think she's worked there for a few years right yeah she's been she's been there for a long time she's been jay with jj not with him in that way but she's been his partner like assistant for a long old time and a producing partner yeah and so first and foremost i I just want to make this clear this woman has an incredible cv she has an incredible mm-hmm. CV or resume, as I say, in, in <laughs> yeah, America yeah. and the rest of the world, probably. Um, but over here, we call it CV. So basically, she has a very impressive, you know, history with producing films. And and people, I've heard YouTubers, because I've, I've got a few opinions on this, because that's how I got the news from, from YouTube, mm-hmm. actually. And I've, I've watched a couple opinions on this. And there are people like saying, oh, yeah, producer, she just gets the coffee and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's not like, how happens. these people, these people, it makes me, like, I don't, I'm a pretty chill and mellow person, but this, like, actually makes me annoyed that these people, sadly, because of the internet, are giving a voice. And they're given a voice that, that, that they're well entitled to, 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 to tell everyone their opinion and stuff and have that voice in the first place. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, they are basically misinformed because when you te- say that as someone like this who's worked on countless these, these amazing films, brilliant productions, you know whether whether you like them or not, they are impressive, impressive, strong Hollywood films, and she's worked on them. She's had stuff to do with them. To say that she just gets coffee and treat her basically ex- describe her like she's some sort of assistant or an apprentice who's in their teens you know, straight from school or straight from university or college is is a joke and it's disrespectful and yeah. it shows that you ain't done your research. I think there's right? uh, some more some more nefarious motives behind some of those statements as well, unfortunately. But I think it's bad. I think you are I think you're totally right. I think you're totally right. Had had this person However, been called Max Rejwan, I'm not sure there would have been quite so much uh of these kind of comments. I, I kinda get that feeling. I kinda get that feeling. However do I think it's random? Yeah, from my perspective, it seems random. But you have to remember, you have to look at this from a balanced point of view. And and especially because we we run a podcast and we love our podcast and we love Star Wars and we care about what we're what we're putting out. You know, you do research over it. You try to be balanced. You try to have a balanced view over it. Mm-hmm. Get both sides of the story. And you know, they, they this. Was I surprised? I was surprised, right? Because I see someone in that role like Dave Filoni. I see someone like that in that role. And I'm sure he will go to that role eventually or something similar eventually. And that's why Dave Filoni has been put on The Mandalorian. That's why he's directing his first live action show. Watch this space. However, this 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 Michelle Rejwan, this person, she 
has been working her ass off in the background of these Star Wars films. And not being funny, guys, she must have made a good impression and she must have done a good job because that's how this she's got this role, right? And this process, it's not like a two-second interview, <laughs> yeah. or two, like a ten-minute interview. An email. They don't just send out an internal posting, like saying, uh, like to all of the Lucasfilm stuff. Oh, by the way, this position's available Who if anyone wants it. it. No, no, that's not how it works. From my understanding as well, I believe this is a new position yep. that has been created. Yep. And let me let me go back because what I've got up here at the moment, again, people need to do their research, man, right? Because these people going crazy. They're like, oh, Kathleen Kennedy, that she's just promoted this woman and stuff. Now we've got this woman who's second in command and she's like the Kevin Feige of Star Wars. No, she's not. No, she is not. Do your research. Kathleen Kennedy is the Kevin Feige mm-hmm. of Star Wars. She's the president. Kevin Feige is the president of, of Marvel, right? Secondly, there is a lady that, that people keep, have forgotten about completely. She's a Welsh lady or British lady called, uh, I, again, I'm probably going to butcher her name because it's Welsh and, you know, we're Englishmen <laughs> and we, we, you know, we, we butcher names. Uh, Linwood Brennan, she's the executive vice president and general manager, right? She is the only executive vice president. Yep. Yeah. Right. So she's the second in command. And you guys weren't, weren't, or well, she's actually not the executive, only executive price, uh, vice president, but she's basically second in command. And then next up, we have Jason McGatlin, executive vice president as well. Physical production, right? He's a guy. Rob Breedow, senior vice president, executive creative director, and head of Industrial Light of Magic. We also have Paul Southern, senior vice president, licensing. Pippa Anderson, vice president, post production. Laurie Altman, vice president, finance and planning, and so on and so forth. Michelle Rejwan has got this position because there is more live action. Uh, what what word am I looking for? Production, basically. Mm-hmm. There's more material live action material being made than ever in lucasfilm that's not just star wars that's indiana jones that's all the other stuff they're going to be making right she's going to be looking after all of this and to add that head in between kathy and the live action stuff makes complete sense right and they would have got the best person for the job so i feel like it, it seems unusual because we've never heard of this person mm-hmm. before. Well, I've never heard of her. Have you, Matt? I hadn't. No, like, honestly, I hadn't. Yeah. No. And, and, you know, we we know of Dave Filoni. We know of Doug Chang. We know of all these people who have worked in, at Lucasfilm for, for, you know, ages and ages and ages. But, again, they are more face value. They are more at the front end of the business, naturally, because – they're either on set or they're making stuff directly or they're making concepts or they're making cartoons. You're going to hear of these guys. It's these guys behind the scenes. Like, honestly, the reason I just read a, a very small amount of that list, right? Can you can you remember or, or, or honestly tell me who those guys were who I just said, Matt? In terms of reputation? No, because they're, they're doing their job behind the scenes as far as I'm concerned. That's it. They're doing their job behind the scenes. And that's what Michelle Rochewan was doing. And she was doing such a good job that she got promoted into this position. And I think you're you're completely right when when we look at when we look at the situation and the people criticizing this and, and, and moaning about this, they probably have an interest 
to come over as negative. There are plenty of YouTube channels that say, you know, oh, this is typical Kathleen Kennedy, you know, forcing feminism and stuff like that. No, someone who's just very good at a job has got a promotion. That's it. Stop overthinking it. Stop making it into something that it's not. And it, that's what really, really you. I mean, I think you can probably tell Matt I'm a bit rolled up about this. Well, yeah, I've got the idea, the impression. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But there we go. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It, it it seems unusual to have someone in charge of all this live action stuff, including the Mandalorian, including uh, the Rise of Skywalker and the future trilogies and stuff like that that we've not heard of. But you know that that's how it, that's how it happens. There was also a president of Lucasfilm. People think that George Lucas was the only um, president of Lucasfilm before Kathleen Kennedy, and that's not true. Yeah, that's not true. There was there was a different president. It, there was again, she was she was a, she was a lady, uh, an East Asian lady. I forgot her name. That's bad, isn't it? I should have done my research, <laughs> but that hit. just came off the top no. of my head. But again, people don't remember that name because she was president when it was a lot more low key and social media didn't exist people couldn't start all these wildfires so easily and spread you know these opinions so easily and these opinions then become gospel people take it as fact and stuff and it's just it's just silly it really is silly yeah yeah i could i get you i can totally understand why you'd get rolled up about the certain certain parts of the fan base and their opinions are nice. Look, because if, if if for those out there who are querying the appointment based on years of experience, because I mean, Kathy Kennedy has produced some of the biggest films of all time over about three or four decades. Nobody yeah. has any right to question Kathleen Kennedy's producing skills, whether you like her or not. Nobody can ever question her track record. Michelle Redwine doesn't have that reputation, but does that mean she's not any good? No. And remember, it's not just Kathleen Kennedy you've got no. to impress. Bob Iger, you have to impress. He he is the he is the big daddy of Disney. Who remember they own Lucasfilm, so any major decisions like this will have to go through Bob as well because he's not going to because uh, Disney are bankrolling Lucasfilm. He, he's you know this, this is their money almost that they're playing with to an extent. So uh, and also had. Had she been the Kevin Feige of the Sirius saga, would that have been a bad thing? No. But like I say, we've got Kathy Kennedy doing it. But what's, what, what we do need is somebody overseeing everything to ensure that they, the cohesiveness, the connectivity and quality of what we get. And if Michelle, where's uh, one doing it? Am I, do, am I offended or disgusted by this? Absolutely not. And if you are, I think maybe you should just go and get your keys, go for a little walk and maybe have a little rethink about you know, what's really important because this isn't a bad decision. I don't know and I don't know Michelle Rejwan from the guy on the television, but it doesn't mean that I think it's a bad decision. The proof is going to be in the pudding, as the phrase goes. If Michelle Rejwan yeah. oversees three films and two, uh, two or three live action series, and the quality's bad, the you know the levels have significantly dropped in in terms of visuals, acting, performance, and who they can mm-hmm. attract. Mm-hmm. That then the blame lays on her door because that is her role. If Michelle yeah. Rejwan undertakes three films and three live action series, which are absolutely incredible and blow the doors off fandom. She, the Michelle Rejwine is absolutely entitled to take the, the praise for that. It comes with the territory. So this, so everybody who is questioning for the wrong reasons must also be prepared to turn around and say, actually, okay, I was wrong on this occasion because this untested, apparently unheard of person actually, believe it or not, can do a job. 
you know, like Luke said, you don't just walk into a job interview. Why do you think you can do the job? I just fancied a crack at it, to be honest. Hired. It doesn't work like that. You have to sell your vision. You have to sell your scope, what you what you can bring, what you have done. It's not just walking in and saying, look, I think I'm good because you know me and I know JJ. Because that's not mm-hmm. going to sell it. This is Star Wars. It's Lucasfilm. It's Indiana Jones. It's, it's a huge corporation. It's not just a couple of guys down the dog and duck, duck pub around the corner. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big deal. So we, it, I think it's good if if Michelle can bring some kind, some kind of cohesiveness uh, and vision, kind of like Kevin Feige has done in like a smaller way. That is just a brilliant thing. I will reserve all judgment until the films start rolling out after the Rise of Skywalker and a television series start rolling out under Michelle's stewardship. But I mean, Andy asks, what impact is it going to have on current projects like The Mandalorian? Yeah, the short answer is none. Because the Mandalorian season one is done, pretty much. Michelle yeah. Rajwan will have no say on that in terms of the, the, the direction. In terms of any going forward, we don't know. Again, we don't really know. It could be, um, it, well, it might be that she, she sees the first series and thinks, I liked it. However, it's veering too far away from what Star Wars is, or it's not, or, or it's, um, it's not mad enough, or it's, you know, it's too gritty. It's not gritty enough. We don't know what her repertoire and what her own personal style I, is. I think just on that thought, just just one thought on that, right? Michelle Rejwani, if, if we don't, if if people think that she's just got this job and it was announced like last week, right? Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. or even like a few days ago, going, right? Yeah. And, and that's it. She's got that job and she's she's doing it as of now. No. No, 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 no. She's been doing this job for a few yeah, months. The discussions Minimum. would have been going on for a long, Minimum. long time. Minimum. She would have had a probationary period. She would have had to have proven herself in that probationary period to know that she to 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 see that she was good enough for the job. I mean, this person is going to be Michelle's going to be well paid. Course, She's going to be yeah. incredibly but well you have paid to have something right? behind you to earn that money. Absolutely, and she would have had to have passed a lot of tests, right? So the question is, right? What what um, Andy does does a great job of answer, of asking some some yeah tricky questions that just really seek truth, right? What impact will have uh, will will uh, her appointment have on current in, in projects, including the Mandalorian and the Rise of Skywalker? My answer to that: she's already had an impact. Well, well yeah, of course. We yeah. just haven't realized. In, in terms it, of yeah. we just changing. You know anything different? Like for the Mandalorian, yes, it's not going to have an impact on. Nothing's going to change. Yeah, nothing's going to be changed now change because now. of the appointment. What 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 would have yeah, changed that... before the appointment? It might be pure Rejwan. We don't know that yet. Yeah, yeah, and it could be it could be simple stuff, right? People people see stuff like this, and people are scared of what they don't understand, and that's that's the truth. That's that's completely the and truth. I don't think people understand and what a producer does. A, a film producer dude, they yeah. is everything. They they are in charge of finance, they're in charge of the di- they're in charge of directors actually of directing the film, editing it. They um they they help select the script. They um they oversee the actors, they oversee the locations, they oversee the writing process. Literally everything that is touched within a film, the producer has their fingerprint on. So to be able to say she's got experience pretty much in all of those sectors, Michelle, yeah. she knows what she's doing. She's going to impress. She's impressed Bob Iger, Kathleen Kennedy. Kennedy. I certainly, I hope she impresses all of us. Time will tell. But 
There is nothing in this appointment which smacks of desperation, of forced diversity, or of trying to get an agenda across. It seems to me like Lucasfilm have picked the right person for the job, and also they, they, they understand Michelle's way of working. Maybe she's just a brilliant, diligent worker who doesn't take any rubbish from anyone who gets the job done. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe she's somebody like that, which is why Kathleen yeah. said, actually, that's what we need right now is somebody to stand up and say, nope, this is what we're doing, like it or lump yeah. but in the best way. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really I really couldn't agree more, mate. I think you put that really well. And I think time will tell. Time exactly. Will tell. But I really don't think there's anything to be worried about here. If anything, we should be rejoicing the fact that that role now exists. That role's been created, and it will, again, help maybe alleviate some of the pressure from multiple directions, multiple people. And on Kathleen Kennedy as well. Absolutely, and add some cohesion, more cohesion, to to the the upcoming trilogies, to the TV shows, to everything. I hope they and I hope she brings some cohesion with the novels. Sorry to jump in there, but I hope she kind of connects the novels and the comics and the TVs and the comics well, she better. Won't, she, but but that's not what she'll do, right? Because she's live action. Yeah, but she'll be she'll be that's able to work with a story group who may suggest. Well, actually, we've got this guy in a book. Maybe he could work in your live oh, action. And sure, sure, it will sure, then open sure. her eyes yeah, to yeah, the yeah. wider canon. Because Dave Filoni, yes, just... that's why I don't think he got the job, because he has only ever been animation so far. We haven't seen The Mandalorian yet. Yes. But, so that's why I think Michelle was the better when, fit. When you step back from from maybe your personal feelings and your opinions and stuff, and also your, your emotions, you step back from that, you re- you quickly realise that Dave Filoni isn't qualified for this role. No way yeah. is not he yet. He's, he's less qualified than oh, Michelle Redwan, and people are asking for Dave Filoni because he's nice and he wears a cowboy hat and he's very good at animation. Big time. Big time. Let me tell you something about Dave Filoni. He gets Star Wars. Uh, yeah, oh God, he yeah. gets Star Wars, and I think that's probably one of the biggest complaints about, or, or from what I've seen about Michelle Redwan, that oh, it doesn't come across like she knows Star Wars. It's like Hang on, mate. If you shows, saw me, yeah. if let's say, let's say I had a suit on and I was in, I was in the middle of like London or something like that. You walk past me, would you think, oh, that that guy? Yeah, he, I bet. Do you know what? I bet he does a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, I think what a dashing man, oh. but I wouldn't necessarily think you do Star Wars because oh, why would you? You are too sweet. You are too <laughs> sweet. You cheeky man, That's love me. it. But no, you wouldn't think that, would you? Why on earth would you think that, right? So why would you base? Oh, she doesn't know Star Wars because. I don't know what what because she's not been at Lucasfilm since birth. Yep, or since she's she a tattoo or something, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's silly. That's stupid. Otherwise, what? What is J.J. Abrams not qualified enough to make a Star Wars film? Is Ryan Johnson not? Is Gareth Edwards not? Is Ron Howard not? Like who? Exactly. Where do you draw the line? Do, is, can no one? Uh, ever make a star wars film because trust me these people were complaining when the founder george lucas <laughs> was making was prequels. <laughs> these these are the type of people they're negative people they're never going to be happy they yeah. are never going to be happy with whatever comes up and i tell you what they get a buzz and they get a kick out of views and negativity right because let's call a spade a spade if they're these youtubers or something like that yeah and they have a certain fan base it's in their interest to be negative. Yeah. It is in their interest monetarily to give over a bad story, a bad spin yeah. on anything Lucasfilm, Marvel, DC, whoever does. 
and it it really is sickening because like it gets just so frustrating it is extremely like that, annoying yeah and that's not to say i think maybe i've looked into this like a lot online and it's it's easy to get down into that to that tunnel effect basically where you can't really see the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. you just yeah, keep yeah. going and keep going and keep going and keep going and um it's easy to get caught up on in, in stuff. My, myself, uh, for definite, I'm definitely guilty of that, yeah. um, which is actually why I try to avoid it a lot of the time. But with this, I felt like it was only right to get opinions. And there are actually a lot of decent and balanced opinions exactly. out there. And you're just given across yeah. your passionate opinion. But we've, also, yeah. but we've also mentioned that if people don't agree with the appointment for like, experience reasons or have, you know, or have questions or worries... That you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I, 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 I have, you know, I'm worried, not in a bad way, but only because you just want somebody to succeed. But obviously, but I'm not yeah. worried because, you know, for any reason other than that, whether what her her CV is a lot better than mine, we, the the interview process is probably quite tough, and I don't mind what gender this person is as long as they're the best for the role. But obviously, we know some people do, and if you do. Yeah, rethink things. If you, but if you're just worried about the appointment from a sheer, from a sure, uh, from a quality point of view, then there's nothing wrong with that. It's just natural. Yeah, and I think it's like you said, totally natural, and that's fair enough. And let's see what happens. But I, I think this is a great move. It makes a lot of sense, and it frees up a lot of time on everyone's behalf. You know, we're going to mm-hmm. see positive things out of this. Yeah, and we're going to see, we're going to see not not only the fruitage of this sort of thing. I don't. We're not just going to see that in in the trilogy that's coming up or the series that's coming up. I genuinely feel we're going to get a flavour of, of Michelle's work in The Rise of Skywalker and The Mandalorian. And the best which part is we away. haven't got long to wait, have we? So. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, same again. Anybody has any thoughts, if you agree, if you violently disagree with us, just let us know. Be you know, be nice about it, but just let us know. We, love, we want to talk to you about it, so um, let us know on the show or just via our DMs. We'll give those out later on. So let's move on to session socials, and uh, whilst we wait to see if Michelle Rejwan will indeed be a legend, I'll tell you something right now, we've got one. We have a voicemail from a legend. Uh, her name is Rose, Alderanian R on Twitter, and uh, she's one of my favourite people in the entire galaxy. Positivity flows through her, the work she does for humans is outstanding. A wonderful person, and she's given us this quite tasty little voicemail, so here it is for you now. Hey Matt and Luke, this is Rose. I didn't have anything to add to this week's Star Wars news discussion, but I'd like to ask you guys a question. How important do you think the Force is to a Star Wars story? What I mean by that is, before we had the prequels and then the Clone Wars series and the Rebel series, all of which focused on and expanded the lore surrounding the Force and the Jedi, and we still do get that in the sequel trilogy, but if you look at the other current Lucasfilm projects, like the Solo movie or Resistance, the upcoming Mandalorian or Cassian show, all of those really seem to be leaning away from that side of Star Wars and focusing on the Force. And of course I understand that's being realistic. After Order 66, there wouldn't be many Force users. I guess I'm asking if you think Star Wars loses something when you take the Force out of it altogether. I personally love the Force. I think it's what makes Star Wars really unique. I once saw somebody post on Twitter, why does Star Wars always have to have so many Force users? And to me, that's like asking, why does Marvel always have so many superheroes in their movies? And I'm really not worried about the future. I think whatever Benioff and Weiss are working on, Old Republic or whatever, will have lots of Jedi and Sith, and the Force will be a huge part of it. So I'm excited for whatever is coming. Before I go, I have your Ukrainian Star Wars word of the day. Sila. It means the Force. Sila. Thanks for your time, guys. This is Rose signing off. 
Thank you, Rose. I love the again. I've said it before. I love the passion, like the excitement and the energy that your voicemails bring to the show. And it's a great question. Pretty much, how important do we think the forces to a Star Wars story? Um, Rose goes on to say that the prequels, the Clone Wars, and Rebels they expanded the lore. But this is interesting and very pertinent. Solo, Star Wars Resistance, The Mandalorian, and Cassian Andor, the untitled, unknown Andor show, seem to kind of be moving their focus, focus, focus mainly away from the force. <laughs> the force, yeah, <laughs> the, the focus. They seem to. I'm from Scotland. They seem to be moving their focus away from the force a bit more. It would seem, anyway. So, um, does Star Wars lose something if you take the force out of it altogether? Um, yeah, it does. I think. Star Wars mm. without the Force, Star Wars is just like space knights and space arguments with people fighting with glow swords and having politic political fights in the Senate. But the Force gives it that mystical, otherworldly vibe to it. It makes it a galaxy far, far away from me. To know that there's like a handful of like space monks who can do these weird and wonderful things with their hands and their minds is it's incredible, and obviously, if you look back at what Yoda did in the Empire Strikes Back, to what Rey does in the new films, and the more sort of fun moments in the prequels, especially when Maul does that wicked hand flick in the Phantom Menace in Naboo and opens the door. But for me, without the Force, Star Wars it loses something. I think it loses some of the magic, and uh, also. Uh, as Rose has magnificently said, and I hope this becomes a weekly thing, Rose. Uh, Ukrainian in Ukrainian, the word force is sila. So I've learnt some Ukrainian today. So is so, Luke. Do you think that sila is important to a Star Wars story? Dude, sila is well important for a Star Spicy Wars story. Sila. And it's it's actually, I'm I'm trying to think. Right, it, the force is always present in in a Star Wars film. And where it's least present is probably in Solo, uh-huh, yeah, a Star Wars story, um, which again you kind of understand. But that's probably. I'm thinking about it. I uh, with Solo, I love Solo. I thoroughly enjoy it. And it's a fun watch, but it doesn't emotionally grab me like the other Star Wars films. So I think that is to do with the Sealer, right? Interesting. The Force, yeah, the Sealer, <laughs> and the <laughs> Rose. You're the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it does, it adds this like mysticism to Star Wars. This stuff that can't be explained. You know, the fact that in the prequels or in the Phantom Menace, they try to measure the Force and stuff like that. It actually showed um, how disconnected the Jedi yeah, were yeah. from the Force, and how really lacking their knowledge and their wisdom was uh, with the Force. And I, I do think it adds a real amazing movie magic. Yes to the saga that you know not necessarily it can't even necessarily be explained and it shouldn't be it's yeah. just awesome and and the thing is even when george lucas was kind of like creating star wars he wanted to create something and and the force was a product of something where he kind of wanted to reflect all the types of um beliefs on the earth and whatnot mm-hmm. and also things that can't be explained you know Things like uh, optimisms, things like, you know, good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people and whatever. And there's this power in between it and stuff like that. And you can use it to do this and that. And it's it's just it's awesome. It kind of adds to Star Wars's identity. It's magic. The force. Yeah. The, yes. It's it's 
dare I say, the force has become probably just as identifiable as quote unquote magic. Yeah. Right. People, I use the, you, you might hear it in like pop culture on the street. I use the force, you know, they'd use it as a joke. And Have stuff you ever like walked that. up to you an know, automatic it's... door and waved your hand? Oh, big time. I've done it so many times, right? And you see little kids doing it and stuff like that. The force, it doesn't need to be explained, but it's it's vital to a Star Wars saga. So I feel like, yes, I, I feel like the sealer <laughs> is going to be used in, in Star Wars to come. The sealer awakens. In, in, in years and years and decades and decades to come. Yeah, the sealer they, awakens. They can't, they can't drop the force from Star Wars. Uh, it, it, that's the one thing I think you can't get rid of at all but yeah, yeah rose thank yeah. you so much for that. please do send in a weekly star wars word in ukrainian because we could build up a pretty cool vocabulary from this absolutely thank you so much rose you're an absolute legend and again speaking of legends we got another cheeky little voicemail Ooh. from katie on twitter at katie120 let's hear what she's got to say hey how's it going guys so we know there is one more unannounced show for Disney Plus to go alongside Mandalorian and the Cassian Andor show. And I'm with you, Matt. Please let it be a Kenobi series, because that would be so good. But with Lucasfilm hiring a new vice president for live action, will we get another show? Now this leads on to my question. If you could create a totally original story in the galaxy of Star Wars for a live action TV show, what would you create? And when I say original, I mean new characters, so no Skywalkers, no Obi-Wan, no Rey, no Boba Fett, all those guys so hope you have fun with this one and as always keep on being awesome fantastic thank you so much for sending that in katie uh so again with the original live action tv series people are looking forward to these tvs yeah, come on michelle you've got this pressure michelle <sighs> what would okay so so what what would we create original stuff it's it's hard to say so, so no skywalkers I'm, no kenobi no ray yeah. bobas or nothing like that all original i'm, I'm kind of thinking like i always thought the knights of the old republic stuff like suited mm-hmm. more a series than a, than a film yeah and i would love to see like a group of people or something like that like a ragtag crew or something set in the old republic or set in a different time zone and they're like trying to make ends meet and stuff like that and you see like like the fringes of the star wars galaxy you see the underworld and stuff like that um and that's another thing i'd like to say i'd love to see like an underworld themed um series i think we're kind of get gonna get a flavor of that in in the uh the mandalorian yeah I'd like to see. Oh, I was going to say Knights of Ren or something like that, but no, that that's that not count, original, Luke. That's that's not original. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'll have Katie on yeah, your back. I, yeah, it's it's hard to say because I, I. Yeah, I'm going to go with the like the ragtag crew sort of thing. I, I think that sounds sick, and the, and you could. Yeah, you could set that like any time period too. I'm sorry if I stole that. But, no, yeah. if anyone's going to steal <laughs> it, it's got to be Master Blywalk. I'd go for the same, but I'd have it set for me. I'd have it set. You know, during the Galactic Civil War and it ends at the Battle of Jakku. Jakku? So, yeah, it'd be like a band of brothers, a, a gang, who fight you can... who fight together, sorry, who fight together during the Civil War and they obviously go through victory and defeat together and, we, they, and they hear stories around the galaxy of heroism. We know it would be like Luke and Han and all that, but we don't ever mention it. They just hear about these acts of heroism, but they stick within their bubbles and it could, in my head, it's literally like Band of Brothers, that TV show, or for the British viewers, something like Sharp, 
the Sean Bean-led series, which was uh, set during the Napoleonic Wars. Very good show. Um, so we could have a bunch of new soldiers travel to new planets which are embroiled in conflict, even like a Rebels-type feel to it, where you're going to different yes. planets and all that. And the gang, we could have... Um, let's see if I can get this right. We could have... The gang would be led by Tam Nosdu and uh, Ekel Glib. If you think about it, you'll get this in a minute. Two dashing, daring scoundrels from the planet Essex. Yes. If anyone doesn't know, that's mine and Luke's name backwards, which I've just come up with on the top of my head. Tam Nosdu and Equal Gilb. Um, anyway, it would culminate in the massive Battle of Jakku. Uh, so there we get the drama, uh, joy, pain, highs, lows, and hopefully a bit of sweet victory at the end. Uh, come the end of the war. So it kind of see you through through the OT up until the end of J- Battle of Jakku. Mm-hmm. I want that, and I, I want cool. it now. Very cool. I like it. I like it. Sounds good. Equal glib. Sounds good. That's you. Equal gilb. Sorry, that's you. Yeah, it sounds really good. It's hard, isn't it, I to don't... come up with one that nobody else has come up with? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and stuff that's not based on, on other characters and, and events and stuff. Because you do still want it to tie into the universe. But I think that's what The Mandalorian is is so good at. You know, this is a character we've never seen before yeah. and characters that we've never seen before. And we're going to meet. But again, we're going to see very familiar stuff during a very familiar time. A time that hasn't really been explored that much apart from a little bit of canon um, st- material. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So looking forward to The Mandalorian. I rewatched the trailer at Celebration and stuff again this weekend. Hype. Just, just have a look. There's right. I, I rewatched all the Celebration stuff, so all the, the Rise of <laughs> Skywalker trailer and stuff. Like, I just wanted. I just needed to see it again. It looked, oh, so great. <laughs> so great. If you need to look, keep watching the Celebrating footage. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much for sending that in, Katie. You're an absolute legend. We really appreciate it. The Hertfordshire legend. Keep them coming in weekly. We love hearing from you. Somebody else we love hearing from is uh, Kelly Hoston. Kelly underscore Hoston. She's been on she's been a holiday apparently, but she's back. And she's asked us on Instagram, what do you guys, myself and Luke, think of the new Kylo Ray theory that they're actually two halves of a whole? And um, <clears throat> Kelly sent us a link for this, which is quite handy. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll read it out. Uh, a Reddit user called Briley93 has said they've come up with the idea that Ray and Kylo Ren may actually be two sides of the same person, so the light and the dark halves of one whole personified. And the theory go- alludes to several moments of dialogue or clues from The Force Awakens, including when Kylo tells Han, I'm being torn apart, which may be too literal, the, gla- the ground splitting in half between them, and Snoke's description of how darkness rises and light to meet it. Uh, he also says that there's a precedent in Greek mythology, which is really diving deep now, in which Zeus splits men in two, condemning them to spend their lives searching for the other part of their soul to become whole. So um, just change that for the Force. And there we go, like a couple of human horcruxes. It's it's different, and it works better than they're, they're like brother or sister or cousin. Um, and the sequel, mm. tri- tri- trilogy? the sequel trilogy has been, you know, they, they, The Last Jedi took risks. This would be a big risk. Why not? I like the idea of it. It may be too fantastical, but in terms of theories, and we, we did a whole speculation episode uh, two weeks ago, I think this is actually a, quite an inspired bit of theorising. And the fact that they've given some like Greek it. mythology. I like me some Greek mythology. But they haven't just said, mm. I don't know, maybe they could be like, yeah, a couple of Horcruxes and put them together and that. They've given some reason. Some of the, like I mentioned, some of the examples, like being torn apart, the ground splitting, could they might be a little bit too on the nose, but we don't know yet. I like the idea of it. If it if it happened on the rise of Blywalker, 
I wouldn't sit there and think, oh, wow, what a load of, what a crock of rubbish. I wouldn't mind. Nah. It's, again, it comes down, get, get the shot glasses ready, comes down to execution. If they can hey. pull this off, brilliant. And uh, as a first shot for you guys out there. But I don't mind this. It comes down to execution, but I don't mind it. How about yourself, though? I like it. I like it. I, I think you've pretty much covered that. Because, again, with theories, there's only so much you can like kind of go down with it and, and explain. I'm not sure if they'd be able to explain it fully. Mm-hmm, that's true. Or, or in, in, in a way that, you know, the general film-going audience, you know, to call a spade a spade, would get. And especially with something that has never been done in Star Wars before, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's very interesting that it's a good read. If anyone wants to have a read read of it, there's the, the articles on wegotthiscovered.com. Um, look at it on there because it explains it brilliantly, better than how we, we'd explain it. You're right. um, <laughs> because it's it's complicated. It's not it's not just like a minute's worth of of discussion. And and but, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure if my thoughts do it justice. <laughs> Does that make sense? Because yeah, I yeah. don't believe it. Do you know what I mean? Like with some theories, you just believe in you, you know, you disregard and stuff like that, whatever. With this one, I think it's brilliant. I think it could happen. There's no reason why it couldn't happen yeah. other than the fact that in, in, in a, from a practical sense or a real world sense, you know, I don't know. It's too brave. It's too out there. Right, well, uh, one one, one word answer then. If at the end of the rise of Blywalker, the big finale, it's revealed that they are two halves of one whole, and they had to find each other to become balance. One word answer. If that happened, would you give it a yes? Are you happy or are you, or you're not? I'd be happy. Okay. I'd be happy. I'd be happy. Again, dude, it comes down to execution. If they do it in a really slacky way, then no, I'm not down with that. But if it's done well and if it's, if it's explained properly, then yes. Absolutely. It absolutely. could be absolutely grand. Yeah, I agree. Grand or grim. We'll find out in six months' time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So then finally, on our socials, we, we, we got a message from Star Wars Galaxy XXY on Instagram. And um, this person basically offered up a The Rise of Skywalker theory, and it, it went along the lines of this. Looking at Padme and Rey, they look the spitting image of each other. And what if Padme gave birth secretly to Rey after she gave birth to Luke and Leia before dying. Then Obi-Wan or someone could have left her on Jakku to hide her from Vader. When Kenobi left, he could have given her some of the Force so she was able to become a Jedi if Luke finds her without knowing she is his sister. Which means if this is possible, then Ray could be a Skywalker, thus the Skywalker to rise if nine will be Ray. Over to you. Um <laughs> I don't want to be harsh, but uh okay. It's Thank out there for sending... it's out there. The times don't add up. The maths doesn't add up because I think Ray's what eighteen or something in the last the Force Awakens. Matt, 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 we don't even need to acknowledge that bit. Not only would, <laughs> yeah. not only is Ray not the right age, right? She's like 18 or something like that. If she is like younger, right, than Luke, the thing is, Padme dies and we see her die. 
when yeah. she gives birth to Leia and Luke, she gets she like dies like an hour after or minutes after. In, in minutes, isn't it? So I'm not sure how the old hanky panky works in Star <laughs> Wars world. But the whole the whole getting pregnant and the whole <laughs> giving birth and stuff like that, it's a long shot. How good would it be if they said in the in the scene where 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 Padme is saying there's still good in him I know and then and her head falls to the side. How good would it be if they show a scene in the Rise of Skywalker where the the uh, the medical droids actually removing another baby? You just don't see it, and they just didn't yeah, tell you about and, it. And they and they put her in carbonite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's an out there theory. I'm it's not sure how Obi Wan would give us some force. I mean, uh, I'm not. I mean, being born of the chosen one may may give you the force itself. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It could maybe, happen. maybe, maybe just you know, like breathed on her, <laughs> and there, there, there's the force. So there you go. A fleck of Kenobi's beard. Star Wars Galaxy XXY underscore. Thank you for sending in the message, mate. It means a lot to us. So keep keep talking to us. Keep sending in yeah. stuff. Um, but um, on this theory, it's a no from me. Right, well, I'm what, sorry. What do you guys think? If anyone out there agrees or disagrees, again, let us know. Speak to Star Wars Galaxy XXY underscore on Instagram and find out what he thinks. A couple of people on his post thought it was a pretty rad idea. So what do you think about it, guys? Um, yeah, I'm, I don't think the time. I'm not entirely agreeing with that, but I like the idea that it's out there. I like the, the we're going in different places now. So keep up the theories, mm. uh, SWDXXY. Absolutely. So you may or may not have heard that in the last week, you probably did because we spoke about it all over social media, but why wouldn't we? Uh, Luke and myself were lucky enough to um, be invited onto BBC, the BBC, BBC Essex, where we, where we spoke with Jodie Halford on, the, uh, on BBC Essex <laughs> Sounds. And we were asked on the show to talk about Star Wars sessions. And we were asked about how the pod came about, what, how did we come up with um, the discussion points, and just generally why we do it in the, in the, in the first place. And I had an absolute blast doing it. And uh, I, did you? I had such a good time. <laughs> it was awesome, wasn't such it? Such a good time. It was so cool. So cool. And it's amazing to be recognised for our work we're putting into the podcast. But that that is only possible because of you guys our listeners the people that tune in and listen to us and it's whatever true. send us voice messages send us emails whatever and and the people that just listen yeah. on the side you know honestly it's because of you guys that this is possible but yeah, yeah matt i believe we're, we're gonna play a little cut down fit version of what we got to chat about on the show we are indeed for those who couldn't hear it for those who did hear it and for those who didn't even know we're doing it this is the interview. We've cut all the music out. You're not going to hear about the traffic in Essex that day uh, or anything like that. So you don't get to hear Katy Perry or Rita Ora, uh, for better or worse. worse. Um, so this is the Master Bly Walker and Jabba the Hud in the hallowed halls of the BBC. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. And after we, um, when we're back, we'll tell you how much we enjoyed it. This is BBC Essex with Jodie Halford. Welcome to Wednesday evening right here on BBC Essex with me, Jodie Halford. Great stuff happening before uh, between now and 8 o'clock, of course. It is Essex Sound celebrating podcasters, YouTubers, vloggers, whoever might be making music here in the county. I've got some podcasters lined up for you. Very interesting. Listen up if you're a sci-fi fan because there's much more to come. 
As I said when I introduced the programme just after the news, this part of the show is Essex Sounds, and it is all about just that. Podcasters, vloggers, YouTubers, people making music, people making radio. We invite them in to BBC Essex. We hear their stories, we hear their inspirations and what drives their passions for what they do. I'm delighted to say we've got a couple of podcasters right here in the studio tonight. Their names are Matt Hudson and Luke Bly and they are the creators and presenters of a weekly podcast by the name of Star Wars Sessions. Hello to you both. How are you doing all right? I'm very well. How are you? Hello there. I'm all right. You? <laughs> yes, it's great to see you both. Now, I've done a, a very basic and simple introduction there, but I would like to know if someone has not encountered Star Wars sessions before and they were just going to randomly tune in, what might it sound like? What is the podcast about? It's probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Oh, hello. There's, there's oh, a hello, yeah. Um, there's lots of jokes. Uh, there's lots of news. We talk about Star Wars news, obviously. There's a Star Wars film coming out every year at this rate. Nowadays. Uh, for what we know, nowadays. Um, but basically, there's a massive Star Wars community around the world. And we thought that we would try and get our opinion out there about our favourite franchise. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good laughs. Yeah, and we try to get as many people who listen to us to interact with us and engage with us because that's what fuels the show as well. Because me and Luke, we have a good time chatting, but we also like hearing from the people who listen, the fans out there, and as far as I'm aware, there's quite a few fans around the world. So yes. we're not going to run out any time soon. Bit of an understatement <laughs> there, I'd say, Matt, because Star Wars is one of those things, having been going for, what, 40-odd 40 40 years, odd years yep. from right from the very start back in 77 to now, it's uh, it's attracted rather a lot of people, hasn't it? Are you finding that, because, Matt, you're from Brentwood and Luke, you're from Basildon, you've got people from all over the world tuning in? Yes, we do. Um, we, we kind of like to measure where we get our listeners from. But on the last show, which came out last week, and on the one that's coming out later on tonight, we have callers lists coming in from Ukraine, from Australia, from America, from Ireland. Italy. Italy. And that's just, that's just this week. We have listeners yeah. all around the world. So, um, and that's what makes it so special, is it's not just confined to Basildon or Brentwood. If it, and if it was, perfect. Yeah. But the fact that it's reaching so many people is... It's brilliant for us and just makes it all the more fun. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose everyone's got a slightly different take on it. And <laughs> uh, and some of the people who might have seen dubbed versions as well might have, a, <laughs> have had a different experience <laughs> to the original versions in English. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Um, Luke, I'd like to know from you, obviously, you're both massive Star Wars fans. Otherwise, what would be the point? Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Was there a point? Or, um, let's go back to the start and when you first encountered Star Wars. Were you a child? Did you only watch the first one last year? No, I remember. I remember the build-up to The Phantom Menace coming out oh, in yes. the 90s. Oh, so yes. I, I was born in the mid-90s. So I kind of I, I remember the, the early stages of that, like the Darth Maul toys and stuff like that. But I also remember watching uh, the original Star Wars at my nan and granddad's house and having them on VHS. And it, it was just fantastic. I, I, I've loved it from, from when I was really little. Yeah. And I don't really remember a time where I disliked it. You know, and and just with the newer ones coming out, and as I've got older, um, I haven't stopped loving it. You know, so yeah, it's 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 brilliant. Is that the same for you, Matt? Yeah, I was introduced as a child. It would always be on the front room uh, at my mum and dad's house, and I remember my older brother was crying at one point. He kept shouting, "Yoda, no!" And it was <laughs> spoiler for a forty-year-old film. It's when Yoda died. So he, uh, whether he still does 
get upset. I don't know, but he might. The, the legend has lived on. But yeah, it was always on as a young when I was a youngster. My family, my uncle, my dad, they all love it. And I too remember the build-up to the Phantom Menace. They had all of the merchandise and the sort of the restaurant tie-in. So we'd go there as a family, watch the films. Thought they were okay then. Warmed to them slightly more in, in recent years, but. It's just something we've grown up with, I think so. And so many other people have. Yeah. And what's really interesting about Star Wars, I think, is the fact that sort of every generation or, or subsequent generations have all had their own kind of moment with Star Wars, haven't yeah. they? Because people who grew up in the in the 50s, 60s, 70s had the original, you yeah. know, first few films. And then people who were in their 20s and 30s had the ones that came out in the 90s. And of course, there is now the sort of ones we've had over the last few years, yes, isn't there? Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And do you feel, I know that there's some controversies in the world of Star Wars. <laughs> it's never without controversy, is it? Yeah. Every time sort of a new batch of films comes out. Disney, of course, brought, bought the fan- franchise and, and are, are running with it now. And as you say, there's sort of a film every year. Just give me, before we go to the travel news, your take on, on the most recent movies. Because as I say, some Star Wars fans are saying it's too commercial, it's too Disney, we don't like well, it. I think um, there's a lot of people that do complain and, and there's a lot of people that aren't ever going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the other day, I, I love the prequel trilogy, grew up with them, and I think they're fantastic. But the other day, I watched episode one and two, the prequels that came mm. out in 99 and uh, in the early 2000s. And there are people that love those but don't like the new ones. And... Uh, yeah, if you have that opinion, I just think you need to go back and rewatch the old ones because, <laughs> trust me, there's there's some dodgy moments these in new, them. These I new still ones love are consistently them. better. Yeah. yeah, I still love them, but uh, the newer ones they are they are fantastic. They're not perfect. Nothing's perfect, right? And and actually, I I, I have um, other films that I prefer as a film on their own, but definitely not as a saga. Definitely not as a whole story. I think it's just so compelling and so interesting. And, and the good bits and bad bits. What about the idea as well that uh, there's been things like the Han Solo movie, Solo? Because again, there's been some criticism of them saying, well, Disney's just spinning all the money they can out of this. Disney's never been known for not throwing money about. Disney will make as much money as they can out of whatever they have, which is fine for me because I, I appreciate the brand. Uh, the Solo film I thought was a great Star Wars adventure. It brought back the fun which is what, as far as I'm aware, it's all about. The Rogue One, which came out a couple of years ago, the other standalone, is possibly my favourite of the whole lot. And the Saga film, The Last Jedi, gets a lot of a lot of flack before being too different. The Force Awakens gets a lot of flack for being too samey. So <laughs> when you get, we're, we're, hopefully this new one's in the middle ground. But either way, I think we kind of differ slightly on what we think about the new ones in terms of which one we like better. But yeah. as far as I'm concerned, these are the best we've had since... Not in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. Cin- cinematically, these are very powerful yeah. films. And, uh, yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. And a new movie coming out in December oh, as well. So Rise I wonder how... What's yeah. it called? The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah, yes. But he, yes. If you heard then, he's called it Bly Walker. He did. I'm Luke Bly. And we do magical puns. Nice. And uh, I call um, Matt uh, Jabba the Hud. I don't look he's... like Jabba the Hud. No. <laughs> I was going to say a bit harsh. That's, that's the only pun that works. <laughs> but my it. name goes into like every Star Wars character yeah. ever. And Matt kind of does that at the start of every show. So, Luke yeah. Blindwalker. I like yeah. it a lot. You've really it worked would. on that. Every week we get a new one and people seem to like it. So I'm never going <laughs> to stop until that um, Welsh run dry. Yeah. No, of course. It's a very good identity. Uh, we will come back to Luke Bly slash Blywalker 
in just a moment. Matt Hudson from Star Wars Sessions. They are my guests. They are Essex-based podcast heroes. And we'll be back to them in just a moment. You're listening to BBC Essex. 17 minutes past seven now. Travel News. Katy Perry lined up for you to play next, but not before we continue the conversation here on BBC Essex this evening with our podcasters. They are from Star Wars Sessions. Their names are Matt Hudson from Brentwood and Luke Bly from Basildon. The podcast is weekly, covering all things Star Wars, beamed from a galaxy far, far away, of course. Uh, We'll have a little clip now and then continue the conversation. Are you happy, Matt, to tell me what we are going to hear in this clip and who it's about? I am more than happy to. This is a clip about the controversy about Admiral Akbar and his fate. You know, the guy who was a fish, who had a, f- a few minutes screen time in Return of the Jedi, said two words in The Force Awakens, and then got blasted out of a window in The Last Jedi. <laughs> the actor's come back and was really annoyed that he wasn't as quite well featured in the, in the latest film. So, this is what we thought about it on one of our recent shows. That is a joke. That is is the sounds of Star Wars sessions recorded right here in Essex by Matt and Luke who are in the studio with me tonight. How do you come up with your episodes, Luke? How do you decide, yeah, let's have a talk about Admiral Akbar or let's talk, let's so, analyse the role of Star Wars in society or whatever it might be? There, there are two types of people in this world. There are people that, you know, go on uh, Google and they look at, you know, normal news. And then there are people like us who go on the internet and look at Star Wars news. Of course. Of course. And generally, that's where we get a lot of our material from news. Um, But sometimes we we come up with games or just things ourselves, stuff that we find interesting, things that we want to address in the films. But in this case, about poor old Tim Rose and Admiral Akbar, it was in the news. And we just rolled with it, didn't we, Matt? Pretty much, yeah. We, We try to pick whatever the major topics are. But sometimes we'll just do like a top ten or... The last show will have something which is interesting, so we'll just roll with that. Or I'll throw a game at Luke, which he has no idea about um, prior to recording, just to throw him off, which some people seem to like. Uh, but that's good. Pretty, it's a mix of whatever's got current in the week, because sometimes, as weekly, you don't always have an awful lot coming out, so there are sort of dry weeks. Yeah, and there's so much secrecy surrounding the making yes. of Star Wars, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot at all that gets leaked from... I remember a few years ago, Harrison Ford was injured, wasn't he? Because that door like closed on yeah, his leg right, or yeah. something, and they yeah. had to release that because it was like, well, he's injured and people would have found <laughs> yeah. out. But other than that, you never really hear anything. And even when they're doing the promo, all the stars are doing the promo, they can't really talk that yeah, much yeah. about what happens. It's the weirdest promos because they, they ask the question like, well, we can't actually tell you that. But we can tell you that it was a really nice day that day, or the catering was great, but they can't tell you anything about the actual story, yeah. which is why we like to speculate when we can. That's yes. half the fun. We did an episode, was it last week? Last week's episode? Or the week it was before? Last, week. last week's, we, we called it The Rise of Speculation. And it was pretty much speculation. Mm-hmm. And we, we have all sorts of uh, fan theories on there good fan theories that people go crazy about and also just just for the banter we um we include some really rubbish theories that we think there won't happen yeah. uh, believe it or not there are a lot people have a lot of time on their hand and a but, lot of time to theorize about star wars i mean yeah. it's better than the real world right well, uh, maybe. You could argue that, yeah. can you, Luke? You could <laughs> maybe, argue. Maybe in our little minds. But... <laughs> uh, when you go to record the podcast then, is it something that you decided uh, amongst yourselves, like we're both big fans, we're friends, this is going to be a great direction to take this in, and how do you even go about sort of getting it out there and putting it on platforms and all that kind of stuff? Um, well, about about February last year, 2018, because I'm a massive movie fan, I love films, uh, all films, especially Star Wars, of course, 
But I'd started up a run of podcasts, sort of um, random ones about different types of films. And I'd already known, met Luke by this time uh, and knew he was a Star Wars nut. And I wanted to do a star about a, a show, sorry, about Star Wars. And I asked Luke, and thankfully he said yes. And we kind of started off as three, three or four special episodes where we spoke about each trilogy, spent about an hour and a half talking about them. And this is on your own podcast. Yes, isn't this, it? Is this on, isn't even on. Yeah, this is on my own one, which is um, what I watched tonight. Um, and then afterwards, we enjoyed doing it. So we did another one. Then we had a little break, and then we kind of got back together again and thought. We haven't done this for a while. We, we, we've got no one to talk Star Wars about. Our missus don't care for it. They pretend to. Um, my, my daughter enjoys it, but she's only three. Um, so I thought, <laughs> Starting them off young. Exactly. So I thought, well, we, we, we reached out again and we've got back on it. And since then, we've just haven't stopped really, have we? No. No. It's become its own spin-off yeah. from your podcast. Yeah. And it's something I, I really get. The, it's just the, the passion. It's just two friends talking about something that they absolutely love. But what's great is that so many other people love it as well. Yeah, it's the escapism. And I think nowadays in, in whatever country you are, um, and, and really throughout history, people love stories. People love looking in stories or reading about stories. Mythology as well. Mythology, yeah, that's that's the perfect word for it. And, and that's not changed, right? My mum my loves reading her books. She loves reading like Jane Austen books and stuff like that. And she jokes around about this sort of stuff, our love of Star Wars, us going to the conventions <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, we do that. And um, <laughs> I, I, she laughs at us. <laughs> and, uh, but I say, you know, it's the same thing. It's just we like these these set of films. You know, that's the only difference. Yeah, uh, and, and it is it is great, and it's great because the internet and things like Spotify, things like Anchor, and and the BBC, it gives us a platform to express our feelings and actually to get to know people around the globe that feel the exact same way. It's just maybe ten years ago you you didn't have that platform, but now you do. Now you it is amazing. It. We yeah. get tweets from, like Matt said, people from all around the world. And people asking, where's the show? When's the next show and stuff? Yeah, we get people on... on now we have people on Wednesdays counting down or asking... And it's Star Wars Sessions Wednesdays. We're thinking, oh, we're a couple of guys from Essex who sit down and shoot that galactic breeze. And there's people around the world actually sort of setting their d- dates and calendars <laughs> for when our show comes out, which is humbling. And shout out, obviously, to everybody who listens to us because without them, we are... We're just, again, two guys sitting in our houses talking about a space opera, but... So thank you, everyone. Which we'd only do listens. anyway, right? Yeah, we do that anyway, to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, But thank you so much, everyone who listens. We appreciate it. We say it every week, but we really do appreciate. Yeah. So it is Star Wars Sessions Wednesday right now, of yes. course. The episode is coming out later. If people want to find it and hear it, having heard you on BBC Essex tonight, how can they do that? Well, they can listen to us on uh, all the major platforms. You can listen to a podcast on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, yep. Anchor FM's another one. They can listen to us on there. They can subscribe to us and stuff. And and anywhere, really, you, you can find us online. If you just Google Star Wars Sessions, you're probably going to find us. Yep. You will find and, what you want. Of course. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been so great to meet you. Thank, Thank you, you for uh, spending some of some of you know Star Wars Sessions Wednesday with us because it's a significant <laughs> day. I know uh, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly right here in Essex making this internationally popular podcast. Uh, great to hear from them both. Let's have the new one from. How awesome was it to hear that back again? We're hearing our own voices on our own podcast is so quite weird. I am. I thought it was hilarious that they played our intro, our <laughs> yeah. like everything. I was. We were sitting there in the studio. We were like, "What? They're actually playing like the intro and stuff." Yes. Even the like bit where I'm like, "Where?" It was, spoiler alert! I'm like, 
probably Britain's greatest Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> like everything. Yeah. They played the lot of it. Anarchy. It was so and sick. Zoom. It was it was, it was so good. Hearing that it come through so the speakers good. was just awesome. It really was surreal. It really was surreal. And, it, you know, I just want to say thank you to the BBC and BBC Essex and Jodie Halford for, for having us on the show and giving us the opportunity to to appear on a, on a show like that. Honestly, it's one of the coolest things I've done. And shout out to Adam as well for organising it for us. It was a, yes, it was a brilliant, brilliant time to be in, be in the studio surrounded by all the equipment and all that good stuff and just talk. Star Wars. I mean, I mean, we're in, we're sitting next to each other, trying to work, looking at each other, thinking this is mad. Hearing you know our names and our pod, you know, name checked on this show. It was just mental. It was such a brilliant experience, and uh, always up for doing it again. And it was uh, just thinking about it now makes me smile. Which and uh, had a nice had a nice pint afterwards as well, which had a quite a coincidental name. Yeah, yeah, it was called. Sessions IPA. <laughs> it felt right, didn't it? It tasted all right as well. That was it, wasn't it? I we we had a pint each, didn't we? Of that, and it was it was just so. It really was fantastic, and to hear people messaging like it, I, I got messages from family, from friends listening in. You know, it saying yeah, you know, it really is surreal. It really is surreal, and it and again, this is all because of the fans. It's all because of the listeners that we have around the world. I still can't get my head around. Right we know, had Rose on Twitter. I'll go Rose live tweeting what we were saying, including the traffic reports. Stuck Curtis, <laughs> our, 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 the main man Curtis Smith, shouting out reactions on there as well, and all the other guys. It was really odd coming home and putting my phone back on and think looking. I was like, wow. It's so yeah, yeah. saying everybody out there. We shouted you out on the show, and we'll continue to do so because we were ever so grateful for just for all of you guys listening and taking the time out of your. Everyone's busy taking the time out of your day to just listen to us shoot that galactic breeze. So. Uh, yeah, the, the the interview was all be, was was because of you guys and Luke's quality. So what can we say for this? Thank you. And <laughs> Matt's quality, Matt's quality. But there we have it. There we have it. It was phenomenal. And once again, thank you to the BBC. It really is a wonderful organisation, yep. and it, to give to give a platform uh, to people like us, it means the world, it means the absolute world. Yep. But Matt, Matt, Master Blarwalker, I think I I think we're missing something, aren't we? We haven't we we haven't shone a spotlight on anything recently. Not for a week or so. Mate, get our torches out and let's let's have a little spotlight. It's time for Canon Character Spotlight, the original and the best. One of the originals anyway. You know it and you certainly do love it. We do. If you don't know what I'm on about and you're new to the show, Luke and myself, we are assigned a randomly selected character and I generally is random from the world of canon, from comics, from books, from T V series, from the films of course. From short stories, from you know mobile games, whatever. Every character in canon we have a list of, and we are assigned a number. We just shine a little spotlight on them. So one day we might get Emperor Palpatine. The next day we might get you know a Kowakian monkey lizard in Thrawn's bedroom or something like that. So oh, what he Thrawn? Um, so on that note, moving on from Thrawn and his uh, boudoir, Master Blywog, who'd you get? Who'd you get? Who'd you get? Right, I got Ved. Foslow, a male human who was native of the planet Coruscant and son of the Imperial General Foslow. Ved attended the Royal... You knew that, yeah? <laughs> classic. Classic Matt. Uh, Ved attended the Royal Imperial Academy in the years leading up to the Galactic Civil War and roomed with Thane Kyrol and Nash Windrider. During his time at the Academy, Foslow was ranked near top of his class. 
showing an excellence in mechanical expertise. However, he, un he usually fell short of ranking higher in class exercises to Kyrell and another classmate, Sienna Ree, much to his char chagrin. Chagrin. chagrin? Chagrin. Oh, spicy. Oh, After graduating from the academy in the weeks prior to the Battle of Yavin, Foslo became a top weapons expert for the Empire. Following the Battle of Jakku, he designed newer weapon systems that were refitted into the Imperial's Na Imperial Navy's TIE fighters, making them much more powerful than ever before. Notable appearance, Lost Stars novel. Again, we're going on a Vader killings-like drought. And, and I, I'm not sure if I'm happy about this. Well, we'll see. What I am happy Matt. about is that Ved Foslow was the son of General Foslow. I'm glad that they cleared that uh, you know, yeah. up for us. But yeah, good to know. It is. Well, thank you. Does the drought end here? Master Blywalk, you're going to find out within the next 40 oh. seconds or so. My character oh. is Aileen Astart. I can, I, can all, I can hear you all shouting, oh, her. She was a female human engineered and trained by Dr. Silo to replace Darth Vader as Darth Sidious' Sith apprentice. Uh, he upgraded Aileen and her brother Morit with the best genetic enhancements and technology that made them stronger and capable of great feats and provided them with advanced training in lightsaber contact, combat. She was sent along with her brother to Shotoran to aid Darth Vader in subduing the all-barren revolt against Queen Trios at Shotoran. Nearing the end of the revolt, she and Morit tried to ambush Vader, silly, However, Vader successfully held them off, and Aelin told her brother she didn't think that they could defeat Vader. However, her brother, her brother Morit was still determined to eliminate one of his competitors to Vader's crown on that occasion, and in an act of sudden betrayal, Morit pushed Aelin off a cliff, making her fall into a pit no. of molten lava. However, before she succumbed to her agonising wounds, you would get that in lava, Vader used the force to raise her from the lava. In an uncharacteristic display of seeming compassion, he assured her that the pain would soon pass, but asked her to tell him everything she knew about the battle. Aelin then thanked Vader in advance for ending her pain, apparently understanding what was going to happen. Vader used his lightsaber to kill her and quickly put her out of her misery. Notable appearances, oh. Star Wars Darth Vader comic series. Wow! Yes. I remember reading this. Another, it yes, was wicked. We're back on track. So Vader we is, a, back, is back on. on it was a mercy kill. Still a kill, though. Still a kill. That counts. <laughs> that <laughs> counts. Yes. Canon Spotlight is back at it. Bullockasha. Bring on next week for the full-on death blow. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of somebody who can somebody mercy slays. This next coming uh, upcoming segment is slays most of us. But with no shield, no mercy. I think we know where we're going next. Mate, it's the one, it's the only, Curtis, Star Wars poet. Let's hear it. Pass the sunscreen. Ruling the galaxy brutally, hiding in robes so inscrutably. You must get away. You need a vacay. Scarif, you think, would do perfectly. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work. Posting daily. What a man, what a man. Pass the sunscreen, Curtis. Do you know what? Of all this talk about Michelle Rejwan, it's funny. Some say 
that when Kathleen Kennedy goes to bed after a hard day's work, she wears Curtis Smith pyjamas. Now, I've heard, I've heard this. If Curtis, if you can let us know, because we wouldn't mind a pair of those. We'd like your face on our on our on our chest before we go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone, someone designed that. Sign me up. Sign me up. Well, as they say, always Curtis, always a spicy legend. <laughs> yeah, it's for Curtis. It's true. So thank you once again for your inspired words and. Uh, looking forward to what next week's one is and I know I'm getting ahead of myself by talking about next week but that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions the fun doesn't end there we know nobody's ever really gone especially not us where can the world find us Master Blowwalker well they can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end that's at Star Wars Session on Twitter they can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions, that's with an S. So on Instagram, that's at Star Wars Sessions. Or feel free to drop us a voice note or a message to our email address, sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Our email address, sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Light it up. We are on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere in the galaxy. You can find a podcast, we are there. And if you love our show, please give us a good review on your podcast supplier of choice because it really does help us more than you know and gets us out there to more and more people. Yeah, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your Ewok, (laughs) tell your cousin, tell Vader, tell everyone, (laughs) tell everyone about it. The more, the merrier, the spicier. (laughs) This is the podcast you're looking for. Maybe we'll have some Curtis Smith pyjamas merch coming soon. But until we get to that hallowed time, until next time, it's from me, it's Sia, and from Luke. May the force be with you, always. Club.